Welcome back. Welcome in to the Lions Share Podcast. It is the bye week for the Lions, so we could sit back and relax. Happy birthday shout out right off the bat to our handsome co-host, Andrew. This is going to be our first ever episode of the Lions Share Podcast without one Papa B. Um, it's going to be it's going to be a little different. It's just Mitch and I today, and then we'll have a third surprise guest later in the show. So stick around for that. Uh, but first and foremost, Mitch, we got to know what's the situation with the trick or treaters. Did you get egged? Has there been any, any update regarding this? We'll update the results of the poll um, from Instagram as far as did they or did they not take too much candy? But what any update on on the trick or treater madness that was the last episode? Did did not get egged. Did not get TP'd. I was worried about it. I think you and um, Lady Line Number Two got in my head about it for sure. So. I definitely checked the cameras a couple extra times before we went to bed and I contemplated leaving the lights, like the front house lights on. Did not get egged though. Um, I think it was just too cold outside. Uh, and we'll, we'll hear the poll results, but I think uh, anyone who didn't agree with me is just kind of a scrud. <laughs> you just cannot be too careful these days. You don't know in this, in this wild, wild world that we live in what people might do after such an incident. It's you gotta you gotta stay in your toes for good on you. Happy to hear that you're safe and sound and uh, no cars stolen, no tires slashed, none of the above. That's great. Um, makes me feel better about the Fort Wayne population and uh, the population of the United States. There are some good people out there. Um, so, order of the show today. Obviously, Lions off week this week, so we, we'll have a minimal talk about the Lions. Give you a little bit of a state of the union on what uh, what we got for the Lions in the second half as we are perfectly kind of halfway now with the bye week here and uh the seahawks lost badly today to the ravens so the Lions have sole possession of the second spot in the nfc as it stands right now at six and two um and the eagles currently in action right now versus the cowboys we're gonna have an update on that one in just a minute um and the vikings winners today so potential for the vikings to make some noise in the nfc getting a little bit more concerned now as they jump above 500 um so we'll talk about the state of the lions Week nine in the NFL, and we'll finish with college football talk from our special guest, uh, the insider in college football. So we talked about it. Let's let's update you on the uh, the shareholder votes, which we had two. So obviously we had the BAMS Player of the Week. Um, that's the longstanding, always running poll, um, and Gibbs with the uh, with the win there. But Lomas Brown, shout out to Andrew, who's not here, um, a close second. And uh, as it stands right now, we looks like we've got a roughing the passer back to back PIs. Or no, a roughing the passer. No, sorry. A pass interference followed by a roughing the passer back to back. Sorry, I'm getting live updates from Mitch on the other end here. Uh, trying to trying to read the text. So, okay, I got it. I got you. Yeah, it looks like we've got Philadelphia at the 11-yard line right now. First and 10, 32 seconds, so plenty of time. Um, we could be talking about a Cowboys victory here in just a minute. And, and, it, and it should have been because... The Eagles had a chance to put this one away. If you're watching this one, folks, the Eagles definitely had a chance to put this one away. We've got first and five, another penalty encroachment. The Philadelphia Eagles are intentionally throwing this game at this point. It would seem my goodness. All right. I've got to step away from that. We don't need a live reaction uh, play by play from Ben on this, but uh, we'll update you because this game's probably going to end in the next minute or so. So let me talk about the other poll then that Mitch alluded to the trick or treat poll. We posted on Instagram Across the uh, Lion Share podcast on Instagram, shout out to them. Uh, follow the Lion Share podcast on 
on Instagram if you haven't already. Thank you to the followers that have clicked follow. We love you. Um, so we posted a picture. We had a before and after of the tray of the of the bowl, I should say. And the the question was, is this an acceptable amount of candy? Candy candy to take <laughs> um one the option yes this is uh yes this is not an acceptable amount i should say um did they take too much candy yes raise your kids right at 69 percent, and no this is america at 31 percent. so i don't know if does that make you feel um vindicated a little bit mitch i think it makes me i well first of all let me let me be clear i didn't need vindication i know i know i'm in the right i don't care what 31 percent of this podcast listeners say no offense to the listeners love and appreciate you but i know i'm right you can't just let your kids come up and scoop handfuls and oh you left the bowl out and that's okay people are busy i left my i left i got candy for you guys i left candy out for your children just be respectful about it that's all i ask it's not a big deal so i feel good that 69 percent of uh the listeners agreed with me but uh you know i didn't need it didn't need it Appreciate it. Didn't need it. Oh, sorry to change the subject, but I see Philadelphia got backed up to the 22 now. So Dak just just hit an incomplete pass. There was a penalty on Dallas. Dak won. Yep. So we okay. went. In, so we went encroachment, false start, sack launch. Five seconds left. Oh my goodness! All right, so it's going to come down to one play there. All right, and in other news. We've got the Lions remaining scheduled for you right here. Um, and we were going to do a segment, a little little mini segment on if we thought any of these games would get flexed. But upon further review, we're thinking none of these are going to get flexed. So here's your schedule out of the bye. Next week, they'll be taking on the Chargers in L.A. 405 uh, game there for, for, the, for the Lions. Their last four o'clock of the year as it stands right now in case they or unless they get flexed. So. Chargers, week 11, no, week 10, I should say. Chargers, Bears, Packers, Saints, Bears, Broncos, Vikings, Cowboys, Vikings. So if you're a Lions fan, not a daunting schedule. Shout out, Andrew, for daunting. Not a daunting schedule uh, here down the stretch by any stretch of the imagination. But with the with the Minnesota Vikings winning today, puts them at 5-4. and four. Uh, They're not too far from the, the Lions at this point. Just one game. Um, one game back from Minis- uh, uh, from from Detroit. So at this point, um, Mitch, what do you feel? We talked about this in the last episode. We said, "All right, now they signed Dobbs, Minnesota." That is, they signed Dobbs. We all kind of felt like, "Yeah, it's a it's a patchwork for Kirk." Vikings still not going to make any noise, but after they're showing today, um, obviously Dobbs didn't start the game. Uh, but the main quarterback goes down with a concussion. Now Minnesota sitting at five and four. How do you feel about Minnesota going forward down here um, in the NFC North? I don't think they're slouched by any means. They're certainly not better without Kirk Cousins. So even though, hey, it's cool, and you know the Falcons are a good team in my opinion. Uh, thank goodness Andrew's off. Happy birthday, Andrew! But you know they beat a good team. I. I they're going to finish, I, th- I believe, I, I kind of made some notes. I think the Falcons and Vikings are both going to finish within one game of 500 this year. So both solid teams, but, you know, I don't think I don't think the Vikings make the playoffs. I think they just kind of, you know, I'm going to steal what you said a little bit. 
Josh Dobbs brought in some magic. It's not going to last. It does kind of feel that way, though, like a Cinderella team, and that's the thing that worries me is the fact that Minnesota had so many close games that they won last year in, in crazy fashion. This year they come in, they kind of flip that on its head, and they lose a bunch of close games. Now they're on on to five and uh, five and four above five hundred with a quarterback that's jumped teams a million times, including t- once this season already, uh, coming over from Arizona. So uh, spoke about it in the past, shareholders, but the, the the Vikings do not have a bad schedule down the stretch here. So just don't don't count the Vikings out. Um, I think you can count Chicago out at this point, but don't count Minnesota out at this point. And uh, Lions got to play him twice down the stretch. So no, nothing's uh, nothing's assumed. Nothing's for sure in this league. That's that's for sure. So uh, updates on the Lions injuries. Uh, obviously, Scott Daly completed successful uh, successful uh, surgery this week. We wish we wished him a good luck on the surgery. He thanks us for his thoughts. Um, I've got the screenshot to prove it. So they bring back an old faithful Jack McQuaid, somebody somebody they signed in the off season, but then was uh, let go earlier this year. I think in training camp or after that. Um, so Jack McQuaid comes over from the Rams, uh, spent some time there. Now back in Detroit, he will be the long snapper going forward as Scott is done for the year, but did have successful successful surgery. See, I'm having trouble with that word today for whatever reason. Um, it's okay. Th- just do you. I'm sweating here. I think I should have turned the air conditioning on before I started this podcast, but uh, you win some, you lose some. Um, Ozigbo has been released for the Lions, which leads people to blank, uh, think David Montgomery will be back at the after the bye, which would be great, great news for Lions fans. Uh, Mitch, I'm going to hit you with a little pop quiz here. Who leads the Lions between Gibbs and Montgomery in terms of yards uh, rushing? Oh, this feels like a trap because I know it should be Montgomery, but but I'm going to say for the last two games and the way you phrase it, it's Gibbs. Yeah, that's uh, crazy. Poor, poor phrasing by the co- uh, by the host here. Definitely kind of lets you in on the Easter egg there. But yeah, I was surprised to see that Gibbs is eclipsed Montgomery, which obviously Montgomery's missed a couple games at this point between two injuries, the ribs and the 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 deep thigh bruise, but just. Just surprising to see Gibbs crossing him. Um, and at this point, don't have the numbers in front of me, but we could be talking about the Lions having two, but two, count them two, folks, two backs over 1,000 yards rushing this this year, which I don't know. Don't quote me on this, but that could be the first time ever that the Lions have had two two backs over 1,000 yards in one season. Now with a 17-game season, it makes it a little bit easier. Wouldn't that just be incredible? So they just struggled for so long, and then you know they signed Reggie Bush, and he he's got a hundred yard game, and everyone's feeling good, and we're due. The Lions fans are due. The Lions are due. It it needs to happen. You want me to throw a name out there that you haven't heard in a long time? I feel like I know what you're going to say, but yeah. If we if if you do if you do let, let me write yes prove it somewhere uh, so i have it i have it off the i have the the show notes off my screen right now so don't don't worry about uh, me me seeing it if we if we do we definitely have telepathy telepathy um hit, hit me hit me job at best damn it no i was i thought you were gonna say drug bell drug bell yeah that's a classic right there of course but there's been so many but yeah yeah 
And now we got Gibbs doing the jumping into the, into the stands, which I feel like at this point now he's got to do that going forward. Like that's got to be his thing. That's going to be his brand. Um, but Joey Bell wasn't the story about him. Wasn't he like working in the stadium before he got a the a job uh, as yeah. a running back? A local guy. I mean, he went to Wayne State, so yeah. I, don't, I don't really know to be honest. I think he was like pulling trash at the at Ford Field or something like that. It's 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 a feel good story. Um, and yeah, the Lions have gone through a little, so many backs, countless backs. So it's good to have uh, the two headed monster that we do have right now with Montgomery and Gibbs. Another cool stat. Lowest passer rating allowed by um, safeties held by Kirby Joseph. And Mitch, if you're looking at this graphic that I included in the show notes, Kirby Joseph is one, but Rudy Ford of the Green Bay Packers, he's second, but he's not even close. Nobody's even close to Kirby Joseph's numbers, which passer rating allowed um, minimum of 15 targets face. So for safeties, the opposing quarterbacks against Kirby Joseph sitting at a lowly 33.8 passer rating. Second place, all the way up at 52, almost 53. We'll count it. We'll call it 53. We'll round up. Um, so Kirby Joseph is in rare air as it stands right now as a, as a safety. And shout out to Andrew for giving Kirby some love last week. Um, but Mitch, do you have anything to make of this? I thought this was pretty astonishing. Yeah, I think I knew. Um, obviously, we know Kirby Joseph is playing well, but that much better in passer rating is I was very shocked when uh, when I saw this that you had put this in the notes here it, because to your point he's got a 19 point margin I mean that's that's a huge swing so uh, good for him and good for Andrew for recognizing what uh, the season that Kirby Joseph put together in the first half and sometimes that's how it goes uh, especially as a secondary player it's like yeah it's actually good when you don't get called out because that means you're doing a darn good job and uh, if you are getting targeted, then that's when your name comes up. So sometimes when you're quietest, that's actually when you're, you're most productive. So um, let's talk about the pulse of the pride. We have this in every show. Oh, there's a little Q&A underneath the show on Spotify for you Spotify listeners. That's where you find the the poll each and every episode, but you'll also find a Q&A. Um, so we, we, uh, we published this on the last episode, and we said, how do you feel going into the bye at 6-2 and two if you're a Lions fan? Uh, we had a few, few responses, but this is one of them. It's a uh, great exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. This team finishes strong, and it's a good point that they bring up because if you think back to last year, the stretch after the uh, in the second half of last year was astonishing. Um, if they can even get close to that this year, finishing at 6-2 and two in the first half, um, with with nine games remaining, you got to feel pretty good, especially with the schedule that uh, that is in front of the Lions. Um, so, yes, Mitch, I, I'm going to put you on the spot here, and I I don't really love, love to it. do this, but we're in show business, so we have to. What do you think is? Give me your. We did this at the beginning of the season, and we probably should have prepped this up a little bit better. So, so that we're at six and two. What do you think realistically the Lions finish at? And then what's disappointing? Okay, I was going to hit you with something similar. So so this is great because um, this will get the wheels turning for you as well. So I did I did a little table, a little napkin math on this um, earlier this week. I don't remember what exactly I said, but I think I did this in my head. I think I said, realistically, let's say they, they go to L.A., they lose on the road to the Chargers. 
Then they beat the pack. Uh, they beat the Bears. They beat the Packers. Uh, they beat the Saints. They beat the pack. Uh, the bra. Uh, the, oh my gosh! All right, they beat the Bears. They beat the Packers. They beat the Saints. They beat the Bears. They beat the Broncos. They go on a little nice five-game win streak right there. Uh, that puts you at eleven and three, if I am doing the math correctly. Um, and then you've got the three-game stretch: Vikings, Cowboys, Vikings. So, first one, uh, week sixteen against the Vikings is at Minnesota. So let's give them a loss there. You're eleven and four. You you go into Dallas. You beat Dallas. I actually like them to win there. Um, so you're twelve and four, and then you beat Minnesota to end the year. Presuming that they're not resting starters, then you're thirteen and four. So long-winded answer there. I see them at about. I still see them at about twelve or thirteen wins, which I think if I think back was like my 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 range there and i think i said 14 or 13 for like the if everything goes right which is attainable i mean i'm giving them a, a loss to the chargers which i think they they could win that game very easily and uh and not have to go on a five game stretch and and maybe not lose to the vikings and maybe lose to the cowboys but it, it, regardless um i think you know as you as you go down this nine game stretch at six wins if you if you don't get if you don't get 11 I think it's a little bit disappointing. 11's my number. 12, 12 and above. I'm thinking that's my window. 12 and above. 14 would be amazing. If they finish 14 and 3, I'm going to I will be elated. I'm not sure what I'll do, but there might be fireworks involved. Yeah, so I'm very similar to you. I um I I honestly think realistic is 13 and 14 or I'm sorry, 13 and four, because at the end of the day, I do agree with you. There's not, there's not a game on the schedule that they can't win. They can win all these. Right. So I think that's important to say, but it is the NFL. Uh, Any given Sunday is a movie for a reason. So I think 13 and 14 is the realistic Uh, best case is probably still four, 13, 14. Why do I keep doing that? 13 and four. I think best case is 14 and three, which is what I had. I've, I've got my preseason picks up right now. Nice. Um, I, I honestly think I'm with you. I think if you get less than 12, it's a letdown. Um, do, and that's being generous. Do you have my best case scenario? Did I say 15? I don't have your best case. I, 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 for some reason, I think me and you were the same. And Andrew may have been a little more pie in the sky. There was one of them. It, Either the low, maybe it was the low end that I think I went contra on. I think that's what it was. Um, but I think yeah, Andrew so, did. I think Andrew did because we were all at fourteen, and he, I think, he bumped his up to fifteen, which is still attainable. Which is it's so it's so funny because I think in the back half, the losses I have are in Green Bay because it's Green Bay, and this is before the season, so I probably shift that one, and then I have them actually losing to the Vikings in Minnesota, and then finishing. Um, with a win against against the Cowboys and a win at home um, to ride that momentum into the playoffs, so we'll see. But yeah, I think we were all very similar. It's it's crazy because 15 wins. Yeah, like you said, not none of these games. You know, they could lose, right? They like a lot of these. They could easily easily win these matchups at least head to head. But like you said, any given Sunday, it's it's hard to conceivably think that they win all these games just because of the consistency issues that we've seen like you know how bad they looked against the ravens and how bad they looked against some of these teams and then how good they look you know the, the next week so you just feel like it's hard it's gonna be hard for this team uh, but hey 
anything can happen. And if they stay healthy down that stretch, that's a big thing in, involving this. If they stay healthy, this team's ceiling is is not infinity, but it's up there. Say um, it. Say it. No, no, I can't. I can't. I've got, I got to stay grounded. I can't. I can't. But it's the freaking moon, man. It's the freaking moon with this team. I. They really haven't been healthy since week one. No, I mean honestly. They so, yeah, if they could somehow say, I'll say Super Bowl. You think I'm scared to say Super Bowl? I'm not. They haven't. They they haven't had their old line unit in weeks. David Montgomery goes out. Amon Ra goes out. Gibbs hasn't been out. Coming off the bye. Listen, they go. They go into L.A. and they put one on the Chargers. It's a different discussion in the NFL. And I hope they can stay healthy and do it, but. This is just it's just different. We're not used to talking about this. I'm sorry. I said Super Bowl. I just got excited. Well, I mean, it's not out of the question. Uh, Scott Van Pelt kind of asked Gibbs in the post game after the win against the Raiders. Um, and and <laughs> I don't think Gibbs meant to say it. Gibbs is kind of funny if you've ever watched him in an interview. He's he's very quiet. Um, he he's he's pretty soft spoken, but he mentioned the SB word in his post game. And and then Scott was like, "Whoa, really? Like that's really be ta- being talked about in the locker room?" And he was like, "Yeah, I mean, he kind of like he kind of walked it back a little bit because I feel like Scott kind of put him into a corner, and I didn't like that about Scott, who I have a much respect for, Scott Van Pelt, you know. No. But it was it was a little weird. Um, and it Gibbs is just Gibbs was just uncomfortable. You could feel it. Um, yeah. But I think you're right about the Chargers. I mean, very winnable game. We'll talk about it all on Wednesday." Uh, but the time to play these long stretches, perfect, perfect after a bye to go on the road all the way over to L.A. Your longest trip of the year for the Lions. Uh, this will be the biggest travel that they have. They've got the Cowboys in week 16, 17, um, but that's only one hour times difference. So uh, let's let's go to uh, let's go to the NFL. Let's go to week nine in the NFL. Um we had this uh, Montez Sweat has already been signed. He hasn't even played. He hasn't even played a game for the Bears. And Bears do what Bears do, and they already paid him an outrageous sum of money. I might add, um, without even playing. And if it's funny to see this happen, because if you were giving the Bears the benefit of the doubt, though, you could have said, "Well, they get Sweat for nine more games or ten more games or whatever it is. They get to kind of try before they buy." And then sign him to the big deal in the offseason if they feel like they want to commit to him. Nope. They signed him before he even played a snap for the Bears. So that was hilarious. It makes sense now. The move makes sense now, right? Because obviously Ryan Poles had this in from, from the jump. Because you obviously, in, in the season that they're having, they the idea the whole time. So long term, it makes sense. But short term, yeah, it's Bears. All right. Just updating a uh, few things here all right let's go through week nine uh, mitch i put some asterisks um next to games that we can talk a little bit more about some of these games i mean who cares right i, ju- I already had us updated so you're gonna want to undo 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 what you just did 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 on the word doc what adding the asterisk no i had our records updated already oh. right as soon as the as soon as the game finished i had us oh okay so you, so that as it stands right there, I just control control Z a bunch. Yes, yeah, I believe that's the accurate. Yep. Okay, my my apologies. I thought, yeah, no, that's right. Uh, okay, 
Uh, okay, cool. Steelers at the Titans. You're, you're welcome, Andrew. You're welcome, Andrew. Honor system. The gap between us just closed by one one single game. Continue. Okay, uh, but Andrew had the Cowboys, right? Yeah, he did. So, th- so if you would have done that, me oh. and you would have gotten a fabricated win, and he would have got a fabricated loss. Oh yeah, that would have been that could have been a big swing. Yeah, you're <laughs> right. Great point that right. you bring up. All right, Thursday night football: the Titans at the Steelers. Um, I, I I don't even remember this game to be honest. I I did watch it, but um, I just don't think either team is very good. I think the the Steelers just. They just find ways to win games. That's the only thing that they have going for them. Like they're they're going to hang around. They're going to be in the hunt. Yes, TJ Watt's an animal, and I knew that going into this game that JJ was going to be there. So that made me cement firmly that I was taking the Steelers in this one. Although Will Levis did scare me a little bit, but Will Levis with kind of a a little regression game. I think we could have seen this coming after his big showing in his first week. I think a little come to come to earth was was in store, but. I still think uh, Will Oh Willie Levis is has got something to be proud of, and I think the Titans um, will win some games that they wouldn't have if they would have not gone to Mister Levis. So let's move to Germany. Germany. Dolphins at the Chiefs. This was arguably game of the day vibes, right up there with Cowboys Eagles. Uh, take a little victory lap here. I had the Chiefs, um, and for for this reason, I had the Chiefs. And that was because I felt like the Dolphins or, you know, the rising team in the AFC in the NFL as a whole. But the Chiefs are kind of like that old guard. And uh, if you just you're just not going to beat the Chiefs um, in this environment, like mano y mano, I'll take the Chiefs every time. But um, the Dolphins will get the best of the Chiefs at some point, perhaps even in this playoffs. Yeah, I just a lot of the chatter coming into the week was can the Dolphins beat a good team? Doesn't seem like it. Sim- not as bad as last year because they're winning the games they should win. But if you want to be considered, you know, in the upper echelon, you have to win some games that you're not supposed to win. And the Dolphins haven't done it yet. I think it's coming, though. I think it's coming. Mike McDaniel, I, I, you got to love the guy. I think it's coming for the Dolphins. I think they're just going through those growing pains. It's a very young team. Um, and those days are coming. The glory days are coming. It's just, it's a... Uh, it's unfortunate when you got to play a team like the Chiefs and you go down twenty-one nothing in the first half. You dug yourself such a hole. Um, Chiefs didn't even score in the second half and still won this game. That's that's what it came down. It's to. just a, kind of a boring game. That's what I was going to say too. Like, started out really exciting, but the fans in Germany had to be like just a huge roller coaster. They went up top, came down, and never really got back up. I think you must forget though how much beer those folks consume over there in Germany. Ah, that's true. I think they were they were riding high the whole time. All right, Vikings Falcons talked a little bit about this one. Vikings get the win over the Falcons here in pretty uh pretty wild fashion. I believe it came down to a Joshua Dobbs score late to uh he threw it in late, right? Am I am I correct? Yeah. Josh Dobbs finds Brandon Powell for a touchdown with 22 seconds here. Uh we all had the Fal- Falcons in this one, so we all took the L here. Uh, but I think if we would have known that Dobbs was going to play, I think we might have changed things. The 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 Vikings started uh, calculating, calculating, calculating Jaron Hall. And when I knew that Jaron Hall was playing, I thought there was no chance that the Falcons weren't going to lose this game. But the Falcons find a way to lose it. Joshua Dobbs comes in 20-30, 158, and two touchdowns through the air, and then one on the ground as well. Yeah, I'm just going to go back to what I said. 
said earlier, I think both these teams are within one game of 500 at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think you're exactly right, Fort Wayne. Andrew has this from the, uh, from the, I don't know, from the abyss, I guess. He's got high praise for Dobbs. So we're going to pass along what he's got to say. He's got high praise for, for, for Dobbs. He's been on the Dobbs train this whole year when he was originally with Arizona. Uh, if you go back and listen, he's been, he's been touting this guy for a while. So don't like that he's in our division. That, uh, that bothers me. Seahawks at the Ravens. And the Ravens do it again, man. The Ravens, I guess I don't know. I guess I underestimated how good this team is. They win it 37-3 to to get to 7-2. and The Seahawks fall to 5-3. and As we mentioned, that makes the Lions the sole possession, have sole possession of the second seed. The two overall seed in the NF, uh, NFC. Um, but man, what can you say about the Ravens? I didn't watch much of this game because it was just such a blowout. I got to imagine going into uh, or tomorrow morning, the power rankings of the NFL are probably tomorrow afternoon, I should say, Tuesday morning. Power rankings of the NFL are probably Eagles 1, Ravens 2. They are uh, they put a hurting on a couple of good teams here in the last, last few weeks. So, good for the Ravens. They're a wagon right now. Yes, they are 7-2, sitting atop the uh, right up there in the AFC with, 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 the, with the highly upper echelon. All right. Cardinals, Browns, who cares? Browns win. Uh, Rams, Packers, who cares? Packers win. No Matt Stafford in this one. Um, I almost made this a swinging gate. I almost was going to make it a swinging gate and say, if Matt Stafford played, give me the Rams. If not, give me the Packers. I stuck with the Rams, even with Ripen, Ripen, whatever you want to call them. Um, but they only put up three points today, and the Packers get a much-needed win. They're at three and five now, but... Still not a great showing if you're a Packers fan. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you saw much of this, Mitch. Yeah, my thought, my notes say no real thoughts about Packs or Rams. <laughs> Perfect. Packs or Rams. Perfect. Great. Yep. Moving right along. Buccaneers at the Texans. Uh, Texans lo- lose their kicker in this one, so we had a running back doing field goals, which was hilarious. Always great to see it. Throws it back to uh, when Indomic and Sue kicked uh, an extra point for the Lions back in the day. Throwback Thursday. And Stroud passing, um, I don't know who it was for the rookie record, but sets a rookie passing record. I think he had 470 yards, if I'm not mistaken, passing, which is just astronomical, even for not a rookie, just for, you know, just for a a veteran. Yeah, 470 in the air, five touchdowns through the air um, in 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 a shootout between them and the Buccaneers. I thought the Texans defense would be a little bit stronger here. They gave up 37, but they do get the win, 39 to 37. Stroud gets them into the end zone with 40, well, with on a drive with 46 seconds left. He brings them all the way down the field. Uh 75 yards it was, I believe. And uh Stroud very much looking like the real deal. I have long been on the train of Ohio State quarterbacks failing the NFL. CJ Stroud might be breaking the mold a little bit in my face. Good for him. Um, and we talked about if, if the Texans make the offs this year, D'Amico Ryans is probably your coach of the year. Yeah, Texans with the win here get to 500. They're 4-4, four and four, which honestly I think they're a little bit better than their record indicates. Um, they've had a couple close ones, a couple tough losses. Um, so watch out for the Texans down the stretch, folks. Put a little note on this. Bookmark it. Uh, Texans, watch out for them down the stretch. Four and four as it seems right now. 
Commanders at the Patriots. Uh, this is another who cares game. Should have been a Patriots victory. The Patriots. Uh, the Patriots. I, I I could talk days and days about the Patriots and Mac Jones and all all that. But Mac Jones throws a INT to to seal the to seal the loss here for the for the Patriots. The Commanders get a three point win. The Commanders are at four and four at four and five. But uh, really, who cares? Because how many wins do they actually have down the stretch as they have to face one of the tougher divisions between the Cowboys and the Eagles? So, um, any notes from this one? Somewhere at the commander's headquarters, Eric Bieniemy's intro press conference is already on the schedule. They're about to queue it up, huh? Yeah. All right. Uh, Bears Saints, another one that really, who cares? The Saints get the win. Although the Bears, I think, were leading. The Bears were up, I think, two scores, at least in this one. Um, and the Saints come back uh, with a strip sack on Bajant to seal the win over over the Bears. Um I think Big Cat tweeted it out, but the I think the Bajent hype is is gone, and uh, uh, it's it's sad to see because you know it seems like a good guy. He had one kind of solid showing in his first game, and then now it's been uh, it's been tough for the old Bajent quarterback. But uh, the Bears fall to two and seven. The the Saints five and four, another team that just finds the way to stay in games. And uh, I don't know if we're talking about a playoff team with the Saints. They're just they're probably going to be in the hunt graphic, at least honorable mentions. Um, but uh, the Saints five and four. I mean, they they might win their division and get in, but they're just not that good of a team. I don't think but they're going to get bounced from the playoffs quick if they get in. It's such a tough it's such a tough call because the Buccaneers feel like the better team, but the Bucs are at four, three and five. So I, I don't know. And then the Panthers, obviously not contenders in that division, one and seven. Um, I don't know. It's And the Falcons, I mean, I don't know. The Falcons four and five. So it's going to be another year where uh, somebody comes out of that division, makes the playoffs, who probably deservingly shouldn't make the playoffs, and they'll probably be hovering around 500. And uh, perhaps under 500. We almost had a team last year, I believe, almost finish under 500 and make the playoffs in this division. And I think you'll see that more now with the 17 game schedule. Uh, obviously, you'll see you'll see that more often. Um, so then maybe this is the year we see some eight, eight and nine teams get into the playoffs, or eight, eight and one. That would be awesome. Oh God! Oh, don't even say things. This is disgusting. This gets, this topic is going to make me want to throw up, folks. Colts at the Panthers, another matchup that might make you want to throw up. Frank Wright with a little revenge game here does not get the revenge against his old team, the Colts. The Colts get the win here. Uh, Bryce Young threw three interceptions on the day, including two of them for long pick sixes. Um, the same guy. To the same guy, correct. Yes, thank you for adding that. Uh, don't have the name in front of me, but we all had the Colts here, so that feels good. Uh, anything about this game, Mitch? Yeah, it's just... Bryce Young's having a tough go. Honestly, if you had asked me before the season, I would have I would have totally had this flip flopped. I would have thought Bryce Young would have the better year and Stroud would struggle. I thought this was the kind of year that Stroud was going to have. Yeah, I I 100% agree with you. It sucks. Uh, Ohio State quarterbacks, man. All right, Giants at the Raiders. Um, Kevin, o- oh, not Kevin O'Connell. That's the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, O'Connell was at the helm for the Raiders here. Antonio Pierce, the new head coach, interim. 
uh, against his old team. Obviously, they're going to get the bump here. They get a big win over the Giants, 30-6, to commanding fashion. Uh, the Raiders now 4-5, and five, which I was going to say watch out for the Raiders until I looked at the remaining schedule. Obviously, they're in the Chiefs division, so they got to play the Chiefs, I think, twice still. Yeah, they still got to play the Chiefs twice. They've got to play the Chargers. They've got to play the Dolphins. They've got to play the Jets. Um, they've got the Colts and the Broncos. That's the only two games in their in their remaining schedule where I feel like they are could um, could could get easy wins there, and they're at the end of the year. So Jets, Dolphins, Chiefs, Vikings, Chargers, Chiefs. That's a tough stretch for the uh, for the Raiders, but if they make some noise, I think the argument could be made to uh, to give Antonio Pierce the the full time gig. We'll see. I think they definitely got the interim coach bump. The Giants are so banged up. I mean, the Giants are just about done on the year. Um, and the Raiders didn't even put up a crazy – like Josh Jacobs, it just pounded the rock. I mean, he only had 98 yards on 26 carries. So I think they just willed them to death. And the Giants, like I said, they're just they're just beat up. So we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I can't see the Raiders fishing with, with – at most eight wins, probably yeah. more like seven in my book. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, their offensive numbers were staggering today, just in terms of compared to their their numbers every game before this. You know, very much clearly, as you said, a bump taking out all that energy they had against McDaniel's in this one. They get the win here over the Giants. Cowboys at the Eagles. This was kind of the game of the day. The Eagles win this one they get the they get the best of the the cowboys in that division however very much could have been talking about a cowboys victory here we uh we were talking about at the top of the show cowboys within the red zone with with a few seconds left and uh very easily could have been talking about a cowboys win here but the eagles get to eight and one your first team to get to eight wins and uh one of the few teams left with only with only one uh loss um perhaps the only team if I'm not mistaken, uh, Cowboys fall 28 to three or 28 to 23 here over the Eagles. Yeah. You know, I, I said, I think the Cowboys are a playoff team, which, which just hurts to say the Eagles are solid though. That now that the Eagles have, we talked about this, I think a couple of weeks ago where we kind of said like, all right, we're going to figure out if the Eagles are for real or not. Cause they have a tough schedule. So, the Eagles going into the playoffs are probably the most dangerous team based based on strength of schedule and who they've beat, who they've uh, who they've beat. So I think the Eagles look good, the Cowboys look good. I'm not a Dak fan, but uh, it wasn't Dak's fault this week for sure. No, no, not by any means. I we talked about this pre-show a little bit. Um, I think when the Cowboys go and play the Eagles again, Cowboys at home in Dallas. I think we're talking about a Cowboys victory here. It's, it feels like that matchup. It's just a rubber match. Could have gone either way. Next matchup will will probably be the same way. So uh, that wraps up week nine in the NFL. We've got. I heard the little noise in my ears. Sounds like we've got our college football expert in here. We don't have to include this, Drew, but let's 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 hear if you're here. Drew, can you hear me? Oh yeah. Okay, I was muted. It's all good. First time joining the Zoom call. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded official coming in. That was a good job, man. <clears throat> thank you, thank you. To know how how you wanted to do it because I feel like we just kind of abruptly like you were like, oh, I hear the ping, and then you were like, Drew, you don't have to include this. So now I don't know how you're going to recover. Yeah, I'll figure it out. <laughs> the Tommy problem. Yeah, it's a Tommy problem. Exactly. Tommy, the editor. <laughs> 
Yes. Oh, that's funny. What's what's the cadence here, Drew? Are you gonna start coming on? I'm like, uh, what's what what are we doing here? Hey, whatever, whatever he wants me to do, man. I just kept telling him, I was like, well, week by week, it's this Michigan situation is getting crazier. So, granted, the season really never was gonna start until they played Penn State, anyways. But yeah, they're they're just destroying everybody. But now it doesn't matter because this is all anyone can talk about. No, and 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 that's why it's kind of an escape goat for a lot of people, which. I mean, if I was a fan of Ohio State, Michigan State, or anyone that despises Michigan, I'd be so saying the same type of shit. But, so yeah, exactly, right? So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense, but I'd be doing the same stuff I was on the other side, but just sucks for Michigan and the team they have this year. Did you guys see the – or, Drew, did you see what the Rutgers were doing against Ohio State, like how they were calling plays? So, the crazy thing is that that's normal, though. Like, that's how Rutgers calls plays. I've never that's seen most, that. That's how most college football teams call plays. It's just now it, everything is so heightened yeah. that it's just everyone's like, holy shit. Like every team has a sign stealer. Every team has oh, multiple yeah. decoys. Like everyone can do this. So just because you're pre-scouting, yeah. that's what, like the NCAA is such a joke. But Ben, did you have you seen that, Ben? Like how the Rutgers were doing it today? Yeah, like you mean like the Teletubby thing? Yeah, yeah so I, they had four... They had four, basically, it's usually your backup QBs or some GAs all wearing different colors or in different wristbands. I mean, you have your decoy signs, and you got your guy that's doing the legit stuff. You got to pick it up. I mean, like you said, every team has a signal stealer. Every team has their decoys. Part of the game. So casual fans don't know that, so. <laughs> yeah. Like, scouting's always, but everyone does that. Like, you do that. We we did that in high school football. Everyone does that. You you nope. scout the team. You figure out, like, where they go. What are they trying to what? So, like, why it's illegal just because you send someone early, I I just. I well, don't, that's where you get, yeah. you get into the gray areas where it comes to that because the, I mean, like I said, we could talk all day about this, but the whole in-person scouting thing was legal for, I can't remember how many years. It got, I think, outlawed in like 1993 or some bullshit because NCAA, some teams had more money, more assistance. They could send more people to scout games. Other teams couldn't. And then that's when it got changed. Now, they already said that in-person scouting doesn't make a big enough difference whether you do it or not. So that's why it's like a level three, level two violation. So it's not a huge ordeal even if you do do it well but, evidently it is yeah right it's no, just and that's the thing yeah, too because michigan the way they went about it or the way they allegedly went about it having so counter stallions having how many what do you say 30 some tickets over the last three years he had people go there sit in the stands film the opposing coaches doing signs and technically he found a gray area found a loophole because that's Based on the bylaws of the NCAA, that's technically not a violation. Is it? Is it sketchy as shit? Yeah, probably. <laughs> but that itself isn't a violation. Now, if he was the guy that was on the sidelines for CMU, which it kind of looked like he probably was, I mean, you can go back and forth on that one. But now that's the violation that would really kind of put Michigan in trouble because that's considered in-person scouting. But even that doesn't make sense. Like, who is he scouting at CMU? So I mean, he was scouting Michigan State if that was him. But right, but the who? Yeah, I guess I don't know because now we're now I we're. Just, I mean, we're in revisionist history now. So now it's like yeah, yeah. You're gonna try and go back and find all the instances that this happened, and 
Yeah. The, the internet know. people have nothing better to do, Mitch. I think that's what you're forgetting. Like, they'll go no, back and watch three crazy. hours of game film just to see if Connor Stallions is somewhere yep. in the picture. At some, If you get one frame of Connor, you've got so much evidence that you're going to feel like a, ki- yep. a king amongst your community because, you know, you got 3,000 retweets or whatever it is. So the craziest thing about that CMU-Michigan State game is, I can't remember if it was if it aired on FS1. Yes, it did. Uh, so yeah, so it aired on that, and that was the broadcast where he got caught, well, supposedly, Connor Stallions, got caught like on camera, and then whatever it was, or it was vice versa. Whatever when it was broadcasted on, he really wasn't caught. Someone watched the replay from something else and was able to pick up footage of him. So that's when you say people have different so much time to pick up these things. That's that's kind of what you're saying. Yeah, the internet remains undefeated. They will find out everything. They'll find out. They probably find out oh, like for sure. you know where like I know he was in the army. Like people know he was in the army and all these things. But they know everything there is to know about Connor. At this point. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, so I've like I said, I've over the last two three weeks, I've read more things, watched more things than I even want to admit. Uh, all comes down to you don't hire a super fan don't hire a fan I mean it's it's no different than these re- reporters that are reporting half the things about Michigan right now majority of them are fans uh, I mean what is what's named Pete Thamel is the guy from ESPN who's been doing the majority of the reporting he was also known as Urban Meyer's lapdog when he was at Ohio State uh, he's the same guy that reported that Clemson was stealing signs when Ryan Day was playing Clemson in the playoffs. So, I mean, everything has been kind of calculated on who's leaked information, where it's kind of coming from. Uh, I mean, you don't want to deflect any blame from Michigan, but it's kind of obvious kind of where that's coming from. Yeah, there's so much politics and in that's college why football I, coverage, especially. Oh, yeah. And then you saw, like, no. Joel, Joel Klatt I mean, come out and defend Michigan. Yep. Yeah, he did. And I mean, and that's when it comes down to because who's in bed with Michigan? You got Fox Sports. Who's no longer in bed with the Big Ten? You got ESPN. It was almost like after the college football playoff show aired that majority of the ESPN personalities were sent out like an email saying, hey, did we forget that we're no longer affiliated with the Big Ten? Because the next day, everyone was just destroying Michigan. Like it was like clockwork. So it's. It's it's funny, but I mean, follow the dollar, and that'll get you get you where you need to be. So, answer the million dollar question: Is Powerball getting suspended? Uh, yeah, million dollar question. Yes, yes, and no. So he will. So Tony Patetti, or however you want to say his name, the Big Ten Commissioner, met with them on Friday. He requested Michigan suspend them for two games. Uh, so it would have been. Uh, well, I don't think it would have went in effect for their game yesterday. So, but Penn State, Maryland, and Michigan kindly said, "Yeah, that's not going to happen," uh, because as the Big Ten, like in their bylaws, there's two things. There's twofold. The Big Ten commissioner can only suspend someone one to two games, uh, and he can't technically suspend anyone until after the NCA violation or NCA investigation has been completed. So that's why he requested Michigan step in. Hey, do us a little good faith. Like, obviously, we think you fucked up. Everyone thinks you fucked up. Can you suspend him for two games? And Michigan's like, no. So now the big rumor is 
two things. He's either going to try to suspend them when to do games this week or suspend him indefinitely until the investigation ends. And that's where Michigan kind of has the Big Ten in their Big Ten in their pocket because their own rules, which is outlined kind of in the letter that Michigan's president sent to them, basically saying, hey, you can try to suspend us, but it's not going to go through. So kind of a win-win for both sides because everyone in the Big Ten wants the Big Ten commissioner to do something. So if he says, hey, I'm going to spend Harbaugh indefinitely, but it doesn't go through, he can at least say he kind of tried. You can't fire me, I quit. What do you think the odds are that no, I mean, what do you think the odds are that this all doesn't wrap up and the NCAA double NCAA investigates for, you know, however long that takes and we just see Jim Harbaugh Harbaugh leave on his own? Uh I mean it's gonna take a long time. Like uh it'll definitely go into next season. I think the majority of the suspension, if he does serve one, will be next year. And I think the NCAA is gonna wrap it in to his other investigation that he had, the whole Burger Gate with uh, visits during COVID. I think they'll basically probably, if I had to guess, I mean, we'll see what all comes out. Because like I said, only all we're seeing is the negative information. Uh, but I could see him doing the multiple game suspension for next year. I honestly don't think he's going to be gone at Michigan unless something crazy absolutely happens. Because, I mean, even as of yesterday, Michigan was trying to move ahead with his with his contract talks. So... If Harbaugh wants to be at Michigan, he'll be there. Uh, I guess it just depends if he finally gets sick of jumping through all these hoops. But so by, if he wants to be there, he'll be there. By the sounds of it, it sounds like they won't lay a punishment this season. Uh, more than likely, it shouldn't. I, I mean, the NCAA definitely won't. They're too slow, <laughs> uh, which is a good thing. And then everyone started begging the Big Ten to act on that. Uh, but like I said, in the bylaws by the Big Ten, based on what I've read, and I mean, I'm not a lawyer, so who knows if I'm missing something. Uh, but based on what everyone else is saying, it doesn't even matter. Like They can't pass down suspensions until the NCAA investigation is, is complete. So if they do try to suspend Harbaugh, uh, say two games, Michigan is has already been prepared to file. It's called an infarction. Uh, infarction or injunction? Fuck, I don't know. But basically, it just stops the whole process. So then it basically gets pushed till the next season. But isn't Drew, I mean, wouldn't you, ra- gosh, I just don't know. Like, it feels like like if they're going to push for the, to win the whole thing, it's this year, right? Like, their schedule next year is no joke. It has to be. No, and that's why the, like, the best case scenario is you push all this to next year. Next year, you're already going to lose multiple games, more than likely. Uh, you're either going to be starting a true freshman QB or you're going to be getting a transfer transfer portal QB. And you got to play Texas, Washington, USC, Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State. So, Oregon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Oregon. <laughs> so, yeah. So, <laughs> like, next year, next year, you're already going to lose, I would say. You'll probably go like nine and three or something like that. Uh, I mean, yes, the playoff goes to 12 teams next year. So, you might sneak in. But, this is the year, like in the last 25 years, this is Michigan's best chance to win a national title. So Michigan, like I said, is prepared to do absolutely everything it can to host or push all this to next season. Yeah, you you have to kick the can down the road because I think you're right. I think I had them at three losses, but even double, like now we're talking next year because you could technically, yeah. you could really get in. Depending on who you beat next year, you could get in with three losses. Oh, yeah. But 
yeah, push all the chips in the middle of the table for this year and and see if you can kick it down the road. If anything happens, I mean, I, I don't know how it, I don't know how if it really is just Connor Stallions in a six hundred page manifesto, and he's just like the Unabomber lunatic and Harbaugh. He's the he's the, he's no the geek sniper but, baby. You know, he's the he's the sign stealing goat. Uh, it's the only reason Michigan won two Big Ten titles and beat Ohio State the last two years. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you were like. Like I said, I saw a thing yesterday where, you know, Michigan gave up the most points they gave up all year. They don't got Connor Stallions on the sideline. So, that's going to be, God. I don't know. That'll be the narrative. <laughs> that's what they write about. That's what they love. No, you, you gave that, you gave that fourth quarter, uh, Hail Mary yeah. touchdown pass to ruin the, ruin the spread. But I don't know. It's, it's very entertaining. Uh, good and bad. I mean, like, I don't know how to put it anywhere else. Yeah, it sucks that it's your team involved, you know? That's what sucks about it. If you were watching this from the yeah. sidelines, this is great drama. Get your popcorn. It's great. No, and I think I think the worst part about it, too, like being a fan of Michigan, is that, like you said, this is Michigan's probably best chance to win a national title uh, in the last 25 years. Their best team. Everything's kind of aligned for them. Really, there's not a college football team right now I mean, like, it's, there's not 2022 Georgia, 2021 Georgia. Okay, Georgia's very beatable this year. Uh, so there's not a team right now that can't be beat. Yeah. So this is this is a year where a Big Ten team could go down south and beat the SEC team. If there is a punishment, does it? Do you think it vacates? Oh, potential whatever happens this year. I'm not going to say the word, but with whatever happens this year, can they vacate what happened? I think it would take a lot to vacate wins. I remember when this first all started, people were chanting, oh, this is going to vacate their Big Ten titles their last couple of years. There's only been one case that's had a similar uh, like situation. I believe it was for Baylor. They had an assistant coach go on the sideline for a game. I don't know who they were playing. Some, some other team. And their coach got suspended for a half. Now, the scope of this being Michigan is way different, and what has been alleged by Michigan and Connor Stallions is also way different than just going to one game. Uh, but I don't see any vacated wins. Like the Big Ten commissioner kind of said, he wants to punish Harbaugh uh, in Michigan and not the players, and I feel like if anything was passed down, it would be the same way from the NCAA. Do you think more along the lines of Harbaugh suspension and maybe some loss of scholarships? Uh, yeah, but I mean, even in this day and age, the loss of scholarship thing really doesn't make a difference. Um, I mean, Michigan's already found ways around because it used to be always be, you get so many scholarships. Now you can bring in as many scholarship players as you want. You can say they're a walk on NLI funds, their scholarship. So, I mean, even if you, I mean, yeah, if they want to give them lost scholarships, go ahead. That's a great, that's a that's a great punishment to accept from Michigan. Uh, but yeah, I more than likely, they just want to, they want to suspend Harbaugh because as in-depth as what this supposedly was alleged to be, they don't think it's possible that he didn't know. So, Yeah, probably more importantly, they want and to make I an example. And I don't think they're very happy. Yes, and I don't think they're very happy uh, that Michigan's going ahead with his contract extension. <laughs> yeah, that's really, really in their face. And I love what I've been hearing from the Michigan president as well. Oh, yeah, he's a, uh, he's a dog. You know, uh, But that kind of looks at what Michigan believes. And, I mean... I've always thought, but everyone kind of want to think the team you root for, their coach, you know, 
plays by, by the rules, does all that type of stuff. But Harbaugh from the very beginning has kind of said like he wasn't involved. Uh, and I kind of believe him, but like I said, you always want to believe him. Uh, but the president seems to believe him and their coaching staff. Uh, and that's why, or I should say the regions, not the coaching staff. And that's why they're going ahead with his contract. Because let's be real, in what other situation would someone be trying to extend their head coach to the highest paid salary in the Big Ten during the middle of, what, two investigations? So clearly they they believe him to some extent. Yeah, you find out who your friends are kind of situation, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, But, I mean, money talks, too. So. Yeah, <laughs> ab- absolutely. Especially in, in sports and college football is probably the biggest target of all that. Um, so, so moving forward to this week, Michigan versus Penn State's are obviously their biggest matchup of the year. What do you think about that game? So, I mean, I think Michigan wins. A little more impressed with Penn State this past weekend. I mean, Maryland's been in the doghouse the last two weeks. I thought Maryland this year would be a pretty solid squad with uh, younger, I can never think of his name, Talia, Talia, to his brother. (laughs) Uh, But, I mean, you can't be losing Northwestern. So they're a little more pretenders than I thought they were. But Michigan, Michigan beats Penn State unless they play a crazy game like they did against last year against TCU, where they just basically and the other team spot the other team, you know, 14 points. They're going to win. Drew Aller is not who we thought he was. (laughs) He can't throw a forward pass past 10 yards. Now, Knox Wood, he'll probably hit two touchdown passes next week for me saying that. But Michigan should win that game unless something crazy happens. Uh, how do you feel about it being 11 a.m.? Well, it's 11 a.m. here. Sorry, Central t- Standard boy here. How do you feel about it being big noon kickoff as versus a primetime game? Uh, as a Michigan fan, love it. Uh, as a Penn State fan, I would absolutely hate it. Uh, Happy Valley at night with a whiteout is a totally different environment than a noon kickoff, uh, which that's why it's kind of funny. Like we said, it's all about the money and if you could pick, if you ask James Franklin which one he would have wanted, he would want that night game. Uh, you ask Harbaugh, he would want that noon game. So I think it's a real advantage for Michigan uh, not having that being a night game. Maybe not, though, because uh, James, James Franklin is, is at his best when he's looking. <laughs> James Franklin's at his best when he's not playing a team with a ranked number next to it. Yeah. <laughs> Valid. Valid. So, someone that has a pulse. <clears throat> so we've got five teams in the top five, all nine and zero as it stands right now. Michigan and Ohio State will play each other. So obviously, one of those teams is yep. going to have a loss, um, and then potentially again in the in the uh, uh, potentially in the Big Ten championship as well. Um, you could have a yeah. you could have a loss for you could, two of these. You know, we could have who knows, right? But Georgia at nine and zero, Florida State at nine and zero, and Washington at nine as nine and zero as well. Uh, how do you see this top five shaking out? Uh, so I would have to say, I mean, I'm pretty confident. Georgia, uh, Michigan, Florida State, and then the winner of Washington, Oregon in the Pac-12 title game. Okay. Any hope for the Longhorns? Uh, any hope for Honestly, they got a little hope yesterday when they squeaked out of that game because I was like, they're basically done. Uh, especially with Oklahoma losing again yesterday. Uh, really depends when they get Quinn Ewers back. Yeah. I'm not sure. I think they said he was two to three weeks last time. I mean, Malik Murphy's he's decent. He's a solid. I mean, he'll be a good QB in the future, but 
he's they're a totally different ball team with Quinn Ewers. He's just he lacks the confidence. And I and I kind of yeah, and I kind of put Texas in that same boat as kind of like Florida State, Washington, Oregon. Got it. Yeah, it's it's hard to say. I thought at once Texas lost to Oklahoma earlier this year, I thought there was no shot. Um, but here they are at seven. It's kind of funny to see them climb the ladder back up. Um, right. And very easily could have lost yesterday oh, against Kansas State. No, they really should have lost based on how they let them back into the game. And I don't know what you're doing if you're Kansas State when you have all the momentum. I get it. You're on the road. Uh but Texas couldn't move the football in overtime. That's the thing. Just kick yeah. the three points, go down. Like, if you can't get in from the two yard line in the first three plays, what makes you going to get think you're going to get in there on the fourth? <laughs> you know, just kick your points, go to the overtime. I can tell you that. Felt like I was watching Rutgers Ohio State again. I can tell you that being there, <laughs> Kansas State fans were were loving it though at the time. Like that when, they were going for yeah. it. Yeah. But I mean, oh, obviously, yeah. everyone like, loves it until you don't get it. Exactly, exactly. Revisionist history, you know. And we'd be praising him too right now if he did get it. So it's yeah, it's easy to say. you live and you die by it. Well, yep. all right, that's going to wrap up college football talk. Uh, Drew, excellent, excellent addition right. to the show today. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on. Anybody you want? Anybody you want to give a shout out to? I want to give a shout out to Big Pole since I just realized it's his birthday. And I'm on his podcast. <laughs> See, you you shouldn't have oh, said happy birthday, brother. You shouldn't have said realize. Classy move. You shouldn't have said realize. Huh? You should have just you should have just led right into it. Uh, Tommy, will, Tommy will blank <laughs> that out. Tommy will get that for you, Drew. Don't worry. There you go. Yeah, shout out Tommy. Edit that out. Yeah, because you know people try to listen to us talk about college football, and I think that's when most viewers click off because they're like, these guys don't know what they're talking about. So this was great. Yep, fair enough. This was great to have. Wait, what do you? Whoa, whoa, what do you mean? Yep. Uh, I, think we're having, I think we're having some connection issues. Can you hear us, Drew? Cut, cutting in and out. Yeah, weird. Weird. You still oh, in the hot funny. tub? No, I wish, man. <laughs> I'm going to go make me a DiGiorno, though. Oh, my God. They make those gluten-free now? <laughs> okay, I'm I'm not even going to lie. The gluten-free DiGiornos are top tier. Like, they... I don't even know how to describe them. They're like deep dish. I don't even know how you do it for gluten-free pizza to make a deep dish pizza, but they somehow did it. Drew, let me ask you this: Have you had the Have you had the uh, the Costco uh, cauliflower crust? I have not. I, I mean, I'm not that bougie. I don't got a Costco card. Oh, first of all, grow up. Second of all, after you grow up, <laughs> go get the cauliflower crust pizza from Kirkland, Kirkland brand. All right, I'll write that down. I actually really do want a Costco card. But you'll never go back. It's it's trouble. That's what I mean. Where has this episode gone? No, I've. We just got yeah, we don't know. Costco yeah. cards. College football, the Costco it's like, cards. It's just like Andrew's it's like, here. It's like, yeah. Oh, it's that one. Uh, it's that one meme that was on the college football. It was like the opening weekend where the girl was looking at the guy's Costco card. Oh yeah. Yep. College Fact. football. You remember that <laughs> when she was like jaw dropped that he had a Costco card? It's a big deal, I guess. In the streets, I it had is. no idea it was such a big deal. No. Anyway, all right. That's that's our episode. Closing time. All right. Um, Thanks for having us on. Go blue. Yeah. Yep. I was gonna I was gonna let you stick around for the closing closing, but that's okay. Yeah, why don't you get out of here, Drew? Okay. <laughs> all right, deuces. Yeah, all right. All right. So it's almost time for Spotify wrapped, folks, for you Spotify listeners out there. So um we'll be talking more about this in the coming weeks. But uh if your if your Lion Share podcast shows up in your in your top, um, we'll be sure to include you and shout you out. And maybe there'll be some monetary gifts in there. Um so yeah. 
definitely be playing back the Spotify Wrapped uh, and checking out if your uh, if your podcast section includes the Lions because we'd love to see it. Um, so we'll see you all on Wednesday for Lions versus Chargers preview. Walk through Wednesday. We'll have Andrew. We'll have the boys all back together. It'll be great. Uh, Lions currently hoping at one point favorites. So we'll see what the line sits at on Wednesday. Probably be about the same if I had to guess. Um, so what what do you call a lion wearing a stylish hat? Hey, Dandy. Bye.